Welcome to episode 40 of Lil Muck, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. This is a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Hadamia. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Today we are interviewing City of Plantation, Florida Council member Denise Horlin. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. Well, our friend, our good Judy, Denise Horland, has been serving the city of Plantation since 2018, a strong believer in civic engagement and service to others. Denise continues to serve on several several boards and charitable groups. She currently serves on the Broward League of Cities Board Directors, Florida League of Cities Advocacy, and Municipal Administration Legislative Poli- policy committees and was recently appointed to the Broward County Planning Council. Denise was proud to have been named to the Florida League of Cities as Plantation's first home rule hero and as a 2021 woman of distinction by the Broward County Commission on the Status of Women. Additionally, Denise currently serves as secretary of the Plantation Police Pension Board and earned her certified public pension trustee designation in 2021. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm a slacker, basically. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. You, listen, oh. first of all, I'm thrilled to be back with you. Yeah, um, God. But first, you know, yeah. I've told you both before how much respect I have and how you both inspire me. You know, you're working, you're raising kids and doing this and all of your advocacy work. And you guys inspire me. Listen, first of all, I need to apologize to you because this is our second time for the audience yes. uh, awareness. <laughs> it's the second time we uh, recorded this because my hard drive crashed. And I'm the only person that doesn't know what a cloud is, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the cloud. I'm like, it is? What cloud? Where's yeah. the cloud? Check your cloud. I'm like, I don't have one. It doesn't exist for me. So um, so thank you for doing So let's talk about you because you decided to run for this seat in 2018 and mm-hmm. jumped into the race and you had a lot of work um, volunteering in the community and being a part of it and in plantation um, and decided to take the leap to run for office which is really mm-hmm. exciting and I admire you so much for that by the way which Thank I told you. you yes so let's talk about why you decided to take that leap and um, and what keeps you going every day as you're working because it's a lot of work out there in plantation it is. It's definitely not a part-time job. And local other uh, other municipal electives, we talk about that sometimes. People say it's a part-time job. If you're doing it the right way, it's really not. So, mm. you know, my, my journey, I tend to not live with regrets in my life. But I often, you know, and speaking to the two of you, as I just mentioned, you're both raising your kids, you're working. You know, my mom had to work two jobs. I'm a child of divorce, um, the youngest of four, and um, had an abundance of love from both of my parents. But, you know, she couldn't be there. So, you know, I decided when we had our eldest child, who's going to be 26 next month, to give up my career and, and stay home. You know, and, and sometimes I do look back and say, was that the right decision? Was it the right decision for me? Was it the right decision for my family? And, you know, I don't know. Again, trying not to live with that regret. But I, I you know, threw myself into raising the kids, but I really threw myself into volunteering the community because I felt something was missing. So I turned that kind of into a job, mm-hmm. you know, getting involved with the PTA, uh, the board of directors with the Plantation Relay for Life because cancer had touched my husband when my twins were then 18 months old. So oh I really threw myself into the community, never you know, worked on campaigns and electing good people at all levels of government, never thought about running for office. And then 2018, well, you know, so much had happened um, in our world. And I think we're all kind of reeling and saying, how can we, you know, get more involved and how can we make a difference? I was looking at a local election and that race for the city council had some people in there that I, you know, and I don't say it in 
to be hyperbolic in any way, but if any of those people had been elected, I, I really said to my husband, we might have to move because mm. we had a convicted felon in the race. We had yeah. a woman who was portraying the kids from Stonewood and Douglas as Nazis on her uh, Facebook page, which oh was God. unsentinal, ended up publishing an article on. So it's really people with a lack, in my opinion, of, with integrity um, and ethics and running for the wrong reason. And it took my husband and son about six weeks to convince me to do it. And it really just was another way for me to continue to, to give back. Uh, I believe that any elected official, two most important qualities are leading with empathy and integrity. And I knew that I could bring that. Um, it's a lot of on-the-job learning, but the most important thing is I love giving back to the community and, and helping people. Mm. So that's what I enjoy most about the job. Oh, that's incredible. So what do you think is the biggest challenge local politicians like you face in Florida or even just in general? You know, I think the biggest challenge is interesting. Today's edition of the Miami Herald uh, is uh, getting ready for the Florida uh, state legislature to start its session on Tuesday, and, and the headline is, public policy or culture war. Mm. So I think that's probably one of our biggest challenges just as residents in this state right now. Uh, I think obviously the makeup of the legislature is tilted one way. I think you have a lot of elected officials there who did not come from municipal government. I think there's a lot of people that are being put up by a particular party to run and it goes into that culture war Mm. um, side of it. They're not really interested in policy. So what we're fighting against is a lot of these, you know, preemptions. As you mentioned, I'm involved with the Florida League of Cities, which is really a terrific organization um, that represents the, you know, 400 uh, plus municipalities in the state. And while we may be, you know, blue, red and purple at the end of the day, a lot of us are facing the same issues. And we're able to come together and, and try to work with the legislature, sometimes fight the legislature on some of these bills that. They, they may not see the unintended consequences, or they know those unintended consequences, and they really don't care. Um, so the, the preemption bills are our biggest challenge. I, you know, one of the ones that we fought last year, which I don't think people really understand the full implications of, was a home-based business bill. So that was brought forth by a legislator, and, they, and, and the governor was, was promoting it um, during the pandemic. Oh, you know, people want to run their businesses out of their home. You know, my argument was this wasn't someone at home making something they were selling on Etsy. Um, this bill and the consequences of this bill was basically that any business could open up next to you, uh, next to your home in a, in a residential community. So my argument had been about, um, you know, I think it was last March, there was a uh, fireworks explosion in a town in California. Somebody was selling fireworks at a house and somebody died. And that was my argument that the way that they wrote that bill and they did not allow us uh, to put any guardrails in place. We, we cannot regulate at the local level hours of operation, um, any of those things. Um, those, are, those are the unintended consequences. And sure enough, there was an incident this year. Somebody did have fireworks um, in their home. Um, you know, and the other, the other issue with that is, you know, do you, do you want a um, mechanic working next door to you at all hours of the night? And your local officials can't regulate that. Uh, do you want somebody running a nail business out of their home and now they are not filling a space in your local shopping center? And we know, driving around South Florida, how many of our local shopping centers have, um, you know, empty storefronts? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of consequences to a bill, and that's just one small example. Uh, we're dealing with uh, two bills this year we're very concerned about that basically would require local governments 
to do a business, an economic um, impact statement for every ordinance we pass. Oh my god! Now you both know that government moves slowly anyway, oh, and insane. what they're doing is they're they're trying to um, they're saying we have to do an economic impact statement for an ordinance to uh, figure out what the um, impact would be on local businesses, and there's a threshold. But basically, it's, it, what they're trying to do now is they're trying to put us into the court. So that local businesses will be afraid of, you know, taking any step because we will end up um, in litigation. So uh, that one's a really uh, another egregious bill. So those are our biggest challenges is really, you know, what's coming down from the legislature and what's going to affect us at the local level and and our ability or inability to make decisions for our constituents. Yeah, and it's, you know, I remember from our first conversation that we recorded and lost uh, <laughs> that I brought up to you that the home rule is so important, too, because they want to change things like even building zone codes, right. you know, so Correct. it's like a blanket thing that happens across the state and like what's happening in plantation right. might not be what happening, what's happening in Gainesville, what's best for them and like mm-hmm. allowing local representatives to to make these ordinances right. is what <laughs> why these places are different right. and, and you can't and just you, give one rule no. to an entire state it doesn't work that way right. well look at you know there's a balance of power that's set forth in our state constitution so you know the legislature is great at saying they don't want federal overreach and but then what they're turning around and doing to us yes. is exactly what they don't oh want my God. and it's it can making it difficult and yeah. that was a great point because what's good for Broward may not be good for Gadsden County. Yeah, right. And, you know, you know, one of the things I had spoken to you about in, in the last, uh, our last conversation was, you know, the uh, short-term rental, the Airbnb yes, yeah. and them preempting us. That's really negatively. And listen, I've used Airbnb when we've traveled. It's great. But do I want it in my residential neighborhood? Because again, what's happening and they, they tend to cry private property owner rights but what about my rights as a homeowner if I have one next door to me and I never know who's there um you know you have we've got some serious issues we have an area in in such in a plantation called plantation acres which most of those homes are on at least an acre a lot or more and what's happened with some of these really large houses um we're talking like a million dollar plus Mm -hmm. people investors are taking these houses and renting them out as party houses. And I have photos on my computer, yeah. you know, residents sending me the pictures where they're bringing in buses of people, Jeez. you know, and, and we shouldn't have to live next to that. But the, the legislature thinks that, you know, while we believe it's a local zoning issue, that we shouldn't be able to regulate that. So those are just a few of the challenges we face. Uh, so you know, have you found, incredible, incredible. It, since you work with the Broward League of Cities, have you found mm-hmm. that it's really a nonpartisan issue, the home rule? Like, are there Republicans, like, you know, Republicans it is. And that you know are... what? And that's, Go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. And that's, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's what I love about my work with the League of Cities because you have people from all parties and we're facing, we may not agree on every issue, um, but like those two uh, committees that I sit on advocacy and the municipal administration, there's people from all different parties on there, but we're, we're fighting some of those same issues mm-hmm. and we're able to talk about how it's affecting our community. So I do love my work with both of those organizations because, you know, we're really just trying to protect, um, you know, our decision-making at the local level because we are the ones who are able to respond to, you know, our residents, you know, quickest. Um, but also we, we know what's going on in our community. Um, so it's, it's tough, but, you know, I, I liken it to, um, we definitely saw this with the previous, previous president. Um, it's become like a three ring circle. Mm. So when we look at, if you, if you look at the bills and I know there are certain bills that 
both of you and, and myself are concerned about in this legislative session um, that are not just local bills, but affect us, especially as women. But it's it's like you're looking at three ring circuits. So, okay, the you know guy has his head in the lion's mouth over here, but look over here, a lady's on fire. You know, yeah. which is the more dangerous situation and where do you look? Yeah. And it becomes exhausting and people are trying to, you know, live their lives, pay their bills, raise their children, mm -hmm. um, ensure they have health care, and they don't have, always have the time to pay attention. So, yeah. you know, what I'm asking my HOAs and any of the civic groups that I talk to is League of Cities has, um, last year they uh, rolled out a, uh, a text message called Local Voices United. People can text to 50457, sign up. And then if there's anything, a bill that's going to affect them at the local level, you'll get text messages and they give you a, a really quick way to contact legislators. You know, and also, if, if, again, time, people can, you know, look at the um, Florida legislature in the House and the Senate. And if there's a particular bill they're concerned about, it's going there and it's very easy to track mm. uh, those bills, um, you know, and just make their voices heard um, as loudly and as often as they can. So how do you feel about uh, engaging voters now? Because I feel like I, I really just want to focus locally, personally, mm -hmm, when I'm mm -hmm. moving forward, because a right. lot of things are just a little wild for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, as far as like having to focus on all of it, like focusing right. locally, I feel like I can have more of an impact with my time and my energy. And like, really, when you look at municipalities, these are the folks that move up to the state seats and then it's not partisan mm -hmm. anymore. And they're deciding mm -hmm. what's going to happen with my uterus. No, thank you. Yes. Right. No, thank you. Right. Denise. Right. So how do we do that? How do we make it exciting? for voters mm -hmm. and everyone's overwhelmed. They've got two or three jobs. How the hell mm -hmm. are they paying mm -hmm. attention to this? Right. Like, how do we right. do that in a, in a, in a real way? And I know right. that's, it's right. like a million dollar question yeah. because the Democratic Party and, and doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. And especially, and especially in the midterms. And we feel yeah. like we've been, yeah. And we feel like we've been banging our head against the wall. Right. I mean, oh on my so it's just yeah. like, I can't believe that we're fighting, you know, this abortion issue again. So, um, Here's what I would say to people and how you can make a difference. Uh, you know, start volunteering in your community if you can. And I know, again, we talk about time constraints with everyone, but that could be something that you just care about. You know, maybe your kids are playing soccer at the park. Get involved, you know, so you start to see people in your community. Take a look at your city's website and occasionally look at the city council agenda or commission agenda. I know they're often boring and there's a lot of issues on there that people may not um, really care about. But this is what I would tell people to look at. I think it's critical right now that people are focusing on the environment and development, development issues in the state of Florida, in Broward County especially. Um, I'm really excited that we, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're launching our first sustainability and resiliency advisory board in the city. Plantation did not have one because people in the middle of the county don't think they have to worry about climate change and mm -hmm. sea level rise. And that's one of the things I've been trying to educate uh, wow. residents about. I was fortunate that I now have a wonderful colleague on the council, Jennifer Andreu. Ooh, I love her. I finally had the support to get that through, yeah. to get that board going, and she brought it up, and we had the vote. So what I would say is we need to start to focus on those environmental issues at the local level. Mm. What is your city doing? And what are they doing about affordable housing? Because, yes, we're looking to the legislature, and they keep, you know, stripping the Sadowski funds, but what type of development city of Hollywood or Plantation or Coral Springs or any of them, what are they approving? Because, you know, we have a lot of people moving into Broward County every day. And we know that the, the, the you know, the housing costs 
disproportionate here. More people are, are uh, housing challenged in, in, in Broward County. But, you know, we keep putting up more high rises. And, and this is the argument I had with an elected official the other day. They said, well, you know, we need more uh, units because that'll drive down the price. But when you have units, you know, that a, a, a um, uh, what do you, I was going to say one bedroom studio apartment yeah. is starting at seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars yeah. Oh my God. You know, yeah. if you're looking at that, you know, there need to be carve outs. And this is something that I'm excited to be on the planning council about because, you know, there need to be um, affordable housing solutions for the people in our community. How does a young family start to build generational wealth, let alone our minority communities, if they can't afford to buy a home? And so I, what I would say is, you know, start to take a look at that at the local level. What is your city approving? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what type of developments are they approving? Um, are they concerned about affordable housing? So, you know, and go speak at City Hall about anything, you know, that you're concerned about. Um, start to, to, to get in there and to know your um, local elected officials. Because I guarantee most people don't know who their local electeds are, other than no. you guys who, who know who, you know, you pay attention to that. But most people don't. Yeah, it's true. They don't so even know what, what elections are. Oh, I love this. Yeah, I, exactly, good. exactly. And as I mentioned, you know, and I think we weren't on the air yet, but I don't believe that Broward County is prepared, and 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 I have a, a re-election coming up this year for what may come. Um, and when I say that, what I mean is there are groups out there like the Moms of Liberty who have oh, said God, they are going after city councils and they're going after local school boards Mm-mm. and we've seen that it's, it's so i be a think nightmare. that come election time yeah so what i would ask what i would ask people to do pay attention and when people appear on the ballot um make sure that especially at the local level that the people that you're voting for have roots in the community mm-hmm. that they've they've made contributions they have a demonstrated commitment to that community yeah. you know that they just didn't show up as a carpetbagger and they decided they're running for office so mm. make sure you're electing people who really care about the community um, and, and try to do that in the right way. I believe, I know that we're all, you know, people can get hood, hoodwinked by um, people running for office, but I think more often than not that authenticity comes through. We've seen that in some of the people we've seen elected, you know, Sarah Leonardi to the school mm-hmm. board. I just mentioned Jennifer Andreo, people who are doing it for the right reasons. So just get engaged however your time allows you to. Mm. Oh, great advice. So, have you ever considered running for a higher office? <laughs> you know, um, it wasn't on my radar, Tina, you know, and, <laughs> and I think you guys know my son worked in the state legislature um, as an aide, and, and he said, you know, a lot of your issues are really state issues, you know, mm. you run uh, for state legislature. And, you know, I, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from doing that because we need representation up there. We need our voices up there. And I think especially as women, um, we, we need more of us up there. We need more local electives up there yes. so we could stop these preemption bills. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think right now um, is the time. I, I do believe that um, you know, I got into this a little late. <laughs> you know, I've often referenced um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz always says, you know, she got into this. Uh, into politics at a young age. I believe she was in her 20s. She had a much longer ramp to be able to get things done. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a shorter ramp. So um, I think my impact right now, um, as of this moment, is local. I think that I still have a lot to contribute to this community. I'm very excited that I've just launched a high school intern program. 
and I've got some um, terrific young people that are really excited about getting engaged at uh, and learning more about local and state politics and whether or not they become elected officials because the young one of the young women um, I'm really excited she wants to be a civil rights attorney uh, mm-hmm. that they that we're doing something to um, you know build that bench of the next leaders those future leaders and that's why my work in the schools is really important to me to go in there and really talk to the kids about municipal government and how we impact our lives. So I think for the time being, that's what I'll be saying. Well, so important. Yeah. And let me say this shorter ramp, longer ramp. You got in when you were supposed to, that's number one. And you've done so much. And number two, I think wisdom with age, you get gained tons of wisdom, obviously. Mm -hmm. And what you bring to the table is like grace and compassion and patience and kindness. Like all of those things that sometimes in your twenties, you don't really have yet. So I think that, you know, I don't want you to like, you know, disregard. It should, yeah, it shouldn't be restricted. Yeah, it and it doesn't. Mean, and it certainly you. doesn't mean you can't have a fucking state seat because you should. Yeah. Ooh, I cursed on a little. <laughs> and you know sorry. What? And, sorry. And thank you, and that might still happen. And I agree. You know what? I don't. I don't regret it. I do think that it came to me at the time of life that I was ready for it, and where I'm better. I'm better prepared to serve. And I agree with that. I think that there is definitely room for our youth and young people to get involved, but. You know, do we want a bunch of twenty-year-olds in the state legislature? No, who's no girl, no, right. no. So uh. that's that's really important to me. So I think that's where I feel I can have the most influence right now. And I'm not, I'm definitely not, um, you know, taking it um, off my radar. But I tend to operate more like where, you know, because we have a situation now, and I'm not going to get too much into it. With do I run for my seat again or do I run for mayor? And there are definite reasons why I'm going to choose one over the other. Because it's where can I have the best impact and where can I best, what role can I best protect the city? Yes. So those are all the considerations that, you know, it's not about me. Yeah. It's about, um, it's about the community. So um, I wish more, more elected officials would think that that's way. How it's, yes, that's yeah. how it's supposed, it's supposed to be, believe it or not. And I love the idea of this internship because really, you know, um, people should be starting off at, with these smaller local seats before they jump mm-hmm. into, yeah. you know, a state race or Absolutely. a federal race. Like, you know, oftentimes I see people who are running for these huge seats and they've never done mm-hmm. anything before. And I'm like, how do you yeah. have the ego? Right. I don't know. Like, That's should you have is. some, yeah. have right. some experience? Right. Like, do you have you even looked at a budget before or, or thought about right. the things that happen just on a local level? It's huge. It's a huge job yeah. that our, our city commissioners have yeah and then to think right. about on a state level oh and then a federal God. level Forget like you have it. to have some yeah. experience yeah now you're making and now you're making policy that's affecting the local and you have no idea you know it's funny representative dan daly who's been a champion because he did start in municipal level mm-hmm. against short-term rentals you know he he often says when he's up in tallahassee he says it when he's here you know what i'd love to see happen is a short-term rental open up, uh, you know, next to the home of some of my, you know, Republican colleagues who are pushing this. Because right. once you understand the, um, you know, hopefully once you understand how it's affecting at the local level, you know, perhaps you will not push some of these bills. But, you know, and I know I said this in the last, um, our last conversation, what's so concerning, and this is not a new issue, it goes on everywhere, and it's the way politics works. But a lot of these uh, bills that are coming forth, um, they are, you know, solutions looking for a problem or pro- problems looking for a solution. Yeah, Wait, no, yeah, yeah. solutions where I got it the right way the first time. <laughs> but it, it's a lot of times it is a um, 
somebody who is influential and has a lot of money. And I, I know I used the tree ordinance last time. It was someone who had a tree on their property and they wanted to cut it down and they were given a hard time by their local government. And lo and behold, then we had a bill in the legislature. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that's what it is a lot of time. There's a lot of people that are um, putting bad policies in place because they have influence and um, they don't really look at the impact in the local local community. So Yeah. Well, yeah. listen, thank you so much for being with us today. And then when you run for state office, we'll be your <gasps> first volunteers. <laughs> Believe it. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I, you know, thank you for having me on and just, you know, encourage everyone, pay attention to local politics. I told you both, I was so thrilled when you both said you wanted to focus more on the local level. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and again, everything that you both are doing, I have so much respect and love oh, in my heart for you. And, thank you. Uh, I just keep doing it. You keep me inspired and entertained oh you're a sweetheart thank you for all of your support yes thank you so 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 much thank you all right have a good day bye bye